today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. We're in the fifth chapter book of Romans tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to be dealing with the subject of how sin entered into the world and then how we were reconciled unto God. Romans chapter 5, move down if you will to verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12. The Apostle Paul said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. When you think of sin, you normally think of acts of sin. And we could sit here and for the next hour or so and name one thing after the other that what we think of will consider to be sin. But sin is more than just an act that a person commits. Sin is the actual nature of the human being. And this nature originated with Lucifer. And Lucifer became Satan when he led a rebellion against God. We're going to take a look at that here in just a few minutes. Jesus, when he spoke to the Pharisees one time, he told them, he said, You're of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. I know most of you already know that verse by heart. You start out first of the year, I'm going to read the Bible through all, all the way through this year. You read Genesis 1-1, you get maybe to about the 10th or 12th chapter, and then you back off and... Here we go to next year. I'm going to read the Bible through this year. You always get to maybe the 10th or 15th chapter of the book of Genesis, and then it drops off. How many of you have ever done that? Maybe you've got a little more spunk, and you've gone through to the book of Exodus or something. How many of you have got that? How many of you have read all the way through from Genesis to amen? Thank the Lord. That's good. You need to read the Word of God through at least once a year if you can. Um Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now God created heaven first. It's listed first here in this verse. And then he created all of the angels that inhabit it. Uh, If we follow down through the first chapter of Genesis, you'll see where he created the earth and then he created the inhabitants. If we use that as the pattern Um, we can assume that God made the planet heaven 
and then he made all of the inhabitants that would inhabit heaven. He created heaven, and then he created the earth. Now, when he created heaven, he created all the inhabitants, all the angels and that sort of thing. We see them, if you will, turn to Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38, verse 4. We see them, when God laid the foundation of this world, they were praising God. Job 38, verse 4, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, that's referring to the angels, and all the sons of God, notice that terminology, that's also uh, words that pertain to the angelic host. All the sons of God shouted for joy. So we see all of the angels when God created this world, when he laid the foundation of the earth, we see all of the angels rejoicing and praising God. So when we read that first verse in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, we see in the beginning God created the heavens. He created all the angels. They're praising and worshiping God when he laid the foundation of the earth. All right. When he created the angels... He created Lucifer, which was one of the most beautiful angels that God created. If you will, go to Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 12, we're going to see just how beautiful Lucifer was. Ezekiel 28 verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou hast been upon the holy mountain of God, and hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thee. All sin originated with Lucifer, who became Satan. Mark that verse right there. If you want to know where sin came from, it was founded in Lucifer. And he became Satan. If you will, go to Isaiah chapter 14. We're going to take a look at how Lucifer fell and what caused his fall. We're taking a look at how sin entered into the world. It's all because of Lucifer who became Satan. Isaiah chapter 14. Move down, if you will, to verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the earth, which disweaken the nations? 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Notice in these scriptures here how many times I will. I will. I will. Some five times here uh, in this passage we see that term, I will. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Self-will. Self-will. He wanted to be God. It wasn't enough to be in the presence of God. He had to be God. He was the most beautiful angel that God ever created, and he didn't want all that worship going to God. He wanted it going to himself. I will, I will, I will. We see it here five times in this scripture. And if you'll go to Revelation 12 and verse 4, we see that a third of the angels sided with Lucifer when he led this revolution, this rebellion against God. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. That's the angels. And this is the dragon that's being referred to here. The dragon, Lucifer, Satan. He has many names. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and it's cast them to the earth. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 18, Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Now, he led this rebellion against God, took a third of the angels with him, and yet they were cast to the earth. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Go back, if you will, to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm going to show you something here tonight that maybe you've never heard before or seen before or thought of. Genesis 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, all right? The word earth means dry ground. We all know what dry ground is, right? Look at verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the dry ground. Why does verse 2 contradict verse 1? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever seen that? You, some of you probably didn't know that the word earth meant dry ground. In the beginning, God created dry ground, but yet we see here in verse 2 that it's all covered in water. Now, this is what is known as the gap theory, what I'm going to tell you here, that there was a period of time between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. And it was during this period of time that it is believed that Lucifer rebelled against God, led his rebellion against God. A third of the angels sided with him, and he was cast down to the earth. When he was cast down to the earth, Judgment came on the earth, and whatever was on the earth at that time was flooded and destroyed. And we see water there, just like in Noah's flood, 
here in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, is what is known as the gap theory. You know, scientists are all the time digging up stuff, and they found dinosaurs and all this kind of stuff. And people have asked me in the past, where did these things come from? And some people say, well, some of them died, you know, Noah's flood. There wasn't enough room for them on the ark, and so God destroyed them, whatever the case. But these scientists have discovered that these animals died in the midst of eating something. Some of them have been frozen. I mean, they, they were in the middle of eating, and it got cold so quick that it, it, it froze them right there in, in the spot while they, while they had the food in their mouth. Something catastrophic happened. Now, I'm going to give you a little Pierce theology here. My thing is, I think, this is what I think. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from the sky. When God picked that rascal up and throwed him to the earth, they say, scientists tell us that it appears that some meteorite hit the earth and the debris from it went up, blocked the sun, the earth got cold, began the ice age, and that's what killed the dinosaurs. My, my thinking is maybe perhaps it was when Lucifer was cast out, he hit the earth, Debris came up, killed everybody, destroyed everything. That's just my thought on it. Now, some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. You don't know. You never heard all of it. Just take it, set it up on the shelf. Boop, just set it right up here and just think about it. We're not going to get in a knockdown drag out. But uh, at any rate, let's take a look at the creation of man. My point is this. When God created man, and we're going to look at it here in just a few minutes, when man fell in the garden, Lucifer had already became Satan. There was an enemy in the garden of Eden. So Lucifer's fall took place prior to the creation of man and what we see here in the book of Genesis. However, and whatever went on way back yonder, when we get to heaven one day, the Lord will explain it, and he'll set us all straight as to what went on back there. But here's the important things you need to know. All right, go to Genesis 1, move down to verse 26. This is when God made man. Genesis 1, verse 26. God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Look at that. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Man was created different than the angels. The evidence is that when God created the angels, he created every angel that would ever exist all at one time. And evidence also proves that they're all male. They all have the appearance of men. Angels do not have the power to procreate. There's no such thing as a little baby angel. He created them all at one time. And they do not have the power 
to procreate. Now, we do see in Genesis, and we looked at it last week or maybe the week before, where some of those fallen angels came down. They left their first habitation. You can read this. I think it's in the book of Jude. They left their first habitation, and they went in unto the daughters of men, and the giants came about, and, and we looked at that here the other week. But man was created different than the angels. He created them male and female with the power to procreate, to bring offspring into the world. Now, when God created man, he created him in his own image and in his own likeness. The Bible tells us that God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Um, God came down on the mountain, and Moses said, Lord, let me see your glory. And he's, no, I can't show you my glory. It'll kill you. Come on, God, let me, let me see your glory. He said, all right, you go over there and hide under the cleft of the rock, and I'll walk by, I'll let you see my, my back parts. Because if you look at, look at me and all my glory, it'll kill you. And so Moses got to see a little bit of God's glory. God is light, and in him there is no darkness. Jesus, up on the Mount of Transfiguration, um, he was fully God, fully man. While he was up there on the mountain, that light began to shine through, and his disciples saw something in Christ that they had not seen before. They saw him in his glory, and even then, that was somewhat masked because it, it, the, the power of it, I don't think any human being could stand in God's presence in the full glory of God, it, it'd kill you. But... Keep this in mind, if God created man in his own image, in his own likeness, when God created man, man was created in an aura of light. Adam and Eve, when God created them and breathed into them the breath of life in the image and likeness of God, they were surrounded in an aura of light. You can take a light bulb, a regular light bulb, and look on the end of it, and you'll see stamped on the end of it, whether it's a General Electric or a Sylvania. You'll also see on there 60W or 100W or 75W. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You can look on that bulb and see what's wrote on there. But you go screw that thing into a fixture and turn the light on, and then try to look at it and see what it says on there. You cannot see those details as long as that bulb is lit up. And Adam and Eve was created in the image and the likeness of God. They were covered in an aura of light. They couldn't see each other's nakedness. They couldn't see the details of each other because they were surrounded in an aura of light. What happened when Adam partook of that fruit? We're going to look at it here in a moment. They noted, the first thing they noticed was they were naked. Their image and likeness changed. All right. Notice here in the Scriptures, here in the first chapter of Genesis, some ten times you'll see the phrase used, after his kind. Look at that. Ten times in the first chapter of Genesis, you'll see that term used, after his kind. That is God's law. You're not going to see 
a dog bringing forth a cat or a dog giving birth to a fish or, or anything like that, that's crazy. That's against God's law. A dog is going to give birth to a dog. A cat's going to give birth to a cat. A human being is going to give birth to a human being. That is God's law. That's the way he set it up. That's the way he intended for it to be. Now, watch this. God took the man, if you'll go to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Genesis 2. Verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Mark that verse right there because God put him there to dress the garden and to keep it. Keep it from what? Right there is where God pointed to an enemy. There's somebody here in this world, he's an enemy. He's going to try to take your dominion away from you. He's, he used to be Lucifer, but his name is Satan. Dress this garden and keep it from him. Hold on to your dominion, Adam, and stay away from that tree. That's what he said. Look at verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou Thou shalt surely die. As long as Adam was alive, he had his dominion. But the moment Adam died, he lost it. And Adam died spiritually when he partook of that tree. And, of course, we all know the story. When Adam died and he lost his dominion, the very nature of Satan, the sin nature became that of mankind. He lost the, the divine nature that God put in Adam in the beginning, breathed into him the breath of life. He lost that and gained what we now call the sin nature, the corrupt nature. And also at the fall, if you'll notice, Adam eat something. He partook of that tree and he eat something. What you eat has a great effect on your body and how you feel, how you do things. Um, some of you have issues with, with sugar. If you eat too much of one thing, you, you go off the deep end, have to go to the hospital and get insulin and, and whatever. I'm not sure exactly how all that works. But uh, you got to be careful, some of you do, because of your sugar levels and whatever the case, what you eat has an effect on you. Uh, some of you have to stay away from um, popcorn and peanuts and that sort of thing because it, it affects you. Well, what Adam eat in that garden altered his body chemistry. It was poison. And it, it changed his body chemistry to such an extent that even his offspring was altered. And changed because of one bite of that apple or whatever that fruit was that God said, leave it alone, don't mess with it. When he partook of it, not only did he lose the spiritual part, the light that was covering him, but he also lost part of his anatomy. And God's law says you are to bring forth after your own kind. I want you to look at this. Genesis 5 and verse 3. Look at this. 
Genesis 5, verse 3, And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own image and likeness, called his name Seth. Look at that. There's a difference between the image of God that we see in Genesis 1 and what we see in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 3. Adam brought forth a son in his own image and likeness. In Romans 8 and verse 3, the apostle Paul said this, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. What God originally created in Genesis 1 and what we look at after the fall is two totally different things. Now get that in your mind. Yes, we were created in the image and the likeness of God, but we are a far cry from it now. We are in the likeness of sinful flesh because Adam could only bring forth like kind after his kind. And it has been that way from Adam all the way up until now. All right, go back, if you will, to Romans 5 in verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man... Sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We're not sinners because we commit acts of sin. Now, think about what I've just said. We're not sinners because we commit acts of sin. We're sinners because we're born that way. You follow me? We've all got that sin nature, and we're going to sin. It's natural. It all came because of Adam. That's what Paul said here in this verse, and that's what uh, is being referred to here. If you don't believe it, you take two children... Four or five years old, put them in a sandbox with one little truck and see what happens. They're going to start to fight over that little truck. When Julie was four or five years old, she went up in the cabinet and got a Twinkie out of the cabinet when I told her not to. And then when I asked her, what are you doing? Nothing. What's that behind your back? Nothing. That youngin lied to me. I didn't have to teach that youngin how to lie. She did it automatically. She did it naturally. We're all born sinners. And I had a whole lot more plan to give to you tonight than just this one verse, uh, Romans 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. You want to know where death came from? It came from Adam. We're all born in sin. We're all born spiritually dead. 
And that spiritual death ultimately leads to the physical death. But as we go down through this chapter, and I ain't got time to get into it tonight, the Apostle Paul begins to contrast between what Adam did and what Christ did, and we're going to take a look at that next week. Do we have any thoughts, questions, or comments tonight? Um, yes, um, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of, of heaven. David's baby died uh, right after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. The prophet Nathan went into him and told him the little story, and he said, that man ought to be killed. And Nathan said, thou art the man. You're the man. You, you've, you've done this thing. And God forgave him. He went into the temple and he prayed and fasted all week. And they gathered there to the door of the temple and they were discussing as to whether they should tell David or not that the little baby had died. And he heard them whispering and he got up and looked at them and he said, The boy's dead, ain't he? Yes. He got up, he went home, he washed himself, he sat down at the table and told them to sit on bread. And he sat there and he eat and, and, and the men, they, they didn't know what to think. Has he lost his mind or, or what? We, we don't understand. And they asked him, you know, when your child was sick and lay a dying, you, you were fasting and praying in the temple and now that he's dead, you're in here, wash yourself, and you're sitting here eating. We, we don't understand why you're acting like this. And David made this statement, and he said, I will go to him, but he will not come to me. In other words, he knew that that child had died and gone to heaven. So those are two verses of Scripture that I know of where... We believe that children go to heaven if they die. There is what we call the age of accountability. I believe when that child is faced with a decision of right and wrong, and they, and they know the way they're supposed to go and they go against that, at that moment, at that time, that's when they're accountable. And what that age is... We don't know. Only God knows that. Uh, there are some people, their brains have not developed. They can be 20, 25 years old, but they've got the, the mental capacity of a five-year-old, a six-year-old. And uh, in my opinion, I think God takes that into consideration. God is a just God, and whatever he does is going to be right, and you, you can bank on that. But I'm glad you, you mentioned that. We're all born in sin. Uh, we all have a sin nature. Uh, but children are innocent up to a certain point. A at some point in time, that child is going to make a decision, and they're going to make the wrong decision, and they're going to... It it's natural. It's going to happen. Not, not a single human being has ever come up to that 
decision-making time and made the right decision other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only reason he was able to do it is because he didn't have a sin nature. Because his, his father was not an earthly father. Uh, Joseph had absolutely nothing to do with the conception of Christ. It was all done through and by the moving of the Holy Spirit upon Mary that night. And Jesus didn't have a sin nature. That's why he was able to live a, a perfect life and never sin one time. You and I, on the other hand, were born in sin. And we're going to sin. But now as we move down through Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, Paul shows us how to overcome that sin nature. Christ has provided a way for that sin nature to be put in a dormant state to where it does not have dominion over you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it, it, you, you, we, we sin, we have thoughts that come into our mind, but they're not deliberate. You know, we're not practicing sin anymore. Once you get saved, you, you don't want to sin. Uh, but sometimes we do fall into sin, and the Bible says if we ask the Lord to forgive us, he will. But the Christian is trying to get as close to God as he can, you know, I, I see some Christians trying to see how far away from God they can get, and that ain't the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be trying to get as close to the Lord as we can. In uh, chapter 6, 7, and 8, the Apostle Paul goes through and he explains how we can have victory over uh, that sin nature that we're all born with. And it all ties in to the finished work of Christ and how the Holy Spirit works and, and so forth. program today has been a blessing to you. We hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.